Welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman podcast brought to you by supermanhomepage.com. This is show number 60, the Big 6-0, released on December 30th, 2009. My name is Steve Eunice, and joining me is Neil Bailey. G'day, Neil. Hey, Steve, five years ago, I remember when we were first starting out Radio KAL, back when we were using real radios. (laughs) Yes, can you believe it? 60 episodes, which means 12 a year, which is five years, so crazy. I never thought uh, we would uh, last the distance. Yeah, oh, I'm surprised I'm not dead. <laughs> <laughs> soon, soon, somebody's going to knock on my door and be like, knock, knock, knock. I remember that essay you wrote about the Chuck Austin Superman. Chuck who? Blam! You know, that'll be the end. So five years. What's been your, uh, what's your, what's your take on the five years of Radio KL? Do you think we've improved, gone backwards? I think we we have um, we have managed to figure out time travel. I think I think that's how good it is because we have, I actually do not feel like it's been five years. I think that it's you know it's just like something yeah. that we were doing for fun on the side, and now it's just this big monster that's lasted forever, and it's a great thing, and 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 it's really really cool. I mean, we were just putzing around with the idea of hey, let's maybe do something else on the Superman homepage, and now it's kind of become a regular thing that's enjoyable and fun and a good excuse to yak a little bit. It's great. Yeah, we seem to you know. It's not just you and I who are enjoying it. Obviously, there's uh, we've got a little bit of a group of, of regular followers who are fans of the podcast and regularly download it and regularly participate in the de- various segments. So uh, we have to thank those people for keeping yes. us going. Uh, without you. without you listening, uh, you know, we'd just be talking to ourselves. So uh, we really appreciate your continued um, support of the show. And uh, you know, we've had calls for people asking us to do it more than once a month, but. Uh, I think once a month fits as well. Yeah, it's been pretty good. Most of it, it's, it's uh, you know, they, a lot of it is not so much, I don't think, I think you and I can talk every day and have a lot of sure. fun. I think it's more that just there's there's not enough information to justify yakking or doing a summation. You know, I mean, we already have the speeding bulletins that, that, uh, that do a lot of the basic day-to-day summarization. So. Yeah, well, Superman comics come out monthly, so there's... You know, each month we get to talk about you know the one issue of Action Comics, the one issue of Superman, the one issue of Superman, Batman, the one issue of Supergirl, or whatever it happens to be that's the topic of of discussion. But uh, so once a month is kind of like I think fits well with the Superman uh, comic universe. And uh, you know, with Smallville, we get uh, three or four episodes that we can talk about when they're going on a regular basis. So it gives us a you know a good range of topics to discuss in the one yeah. podcast. Yeah, we got the, uh, the, there is one thing though, that the, the, we've got five years going on and I've realized, you know, coming up on the five year anniversary thinking about it, um, my, my sign off, the you stay classy San Diego thing from, uh, surf, the Anchorman is actually so old and dated now that it should probably be changed or made into something that's a more permanent joke. So because, what have you, what have you got in mind now well, for your new well, I've sign got, off? I've gone off on a big tangent over the last year, year and a half, as people who are regular readers would know, about caveat emptor, which is the idea of let the buyer beware. Because I've had, you know, like all kinds of people who there's there's a broad Internet community that's really great about communicating and being fans for Superman. And there's a lot of people who are, are, you know, flatly crazy, to put it, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and so the response that's usually given is caveat emptor. So um, which is let the buyer beware, which means you should know going into a piece of media what you're going to come out with. Um, but I, I thought it would be kind of a funny twist to add in whatever the most crazy thing is of a given month. Um, you know, the thing that people are not going to buy the most, which is typically what I throw in front of the You Stay Classy, and add a caveat emptor to that. So you'll see that deba- debut at the end of this one. It's going to be the regular thing going mm. forward. So in about 45 minutes, you'll hear Neil's 
very first uh, new sign-off, so we'll wait yeah. for that. And it's not as big a deal as I just made it to be, but I put too much <laughs> thought into it. I put so much thought into this, I had to share. <laughs> uh, too much time on your hands. Yeah, I know. I should be a writer or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's get into our discussion topics. Um, we've already discussed it with you know, five years of Radio KL, which is uh, an achievement in itself. Um, now, we're waiting for Smallville to come back on air in America. Uh, we've uh, got the Christmas holiday break at the moment, and the next new episode will air on January 22nd in the US on the CW. Uh, I, be- I believe it's called Disciple, that episode. Uh, so what's your feelings on Smallville at the moment? I mean, you know, we've spoken about it in a recent podcast, and we yeah. haven't had any new episodes since then, but uh, in general. We did have that new preview thing, which was kind of cool. That yeah. was neat. We got a little bit of a, pre- a peek at the JSA and the mm-hmm. Hawkman's mask and Sandman in uniform. And uh, we actually got to see Clark tearing his shirt for the first time. And <laughs> But, like, I think it was some commenter I was reading that was like, tearing the shirt, yes, that's great, but it reveals the silver shield, you know? And yeah, I'm kind of like, yeah, you white. know, okay, I'm with you. What's going on there? Yeah. But um, I think that in, in terms of... Um, it depends on how you look at it. Fan service or uh, adoption of the mythos, it's been the best year for Smallville yet in that respect. Um, but see, the thing is, like, half the time it's fan service and half the time it's mythos. And I'm watching for the mythos part, and I hope that they make it more prominent. But they're trying. You can see that they're trying, which is something that they kind of delayed doing for a couple of years. So I'm kind of hopeful about it. Taking a nice long break here, waiting for the Jeff Johns episode. I'm, I'm, I'm eager to see it again. Yeah, well, the Jeff Johns double episode, the telly movie called, uh, what's it called? Uh, justice. Something Justice. No, 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 Justice. Uh, uh, Legends, isn't it? Well, Justice no, and I, Legends was the two parts that were going yeah, to originally that's the, call it. Society, Society, that's no, right. No, sorry, Society and Legends was the two parts they're going to call it. Now the telly movie is called Abs- Absolute Justice? Absolute Justice, there you go. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's a t- two-hour telly movie, um, and Tom Welling himself will be directing the second, ha- at half, oh, sorry, the second half of the uh, telly movie, so uh, that'll be interesting. And, I'm just uh, I don't know if I've asked you before what your thoughts on Pam Greer as Amanda Waller. <laughs> you know, um, Pam Greer is just really awesome to me. I, I don't know if necessarily she'd be perfect for Amanda Waller because Amanda Waller is like this portly lady, but I love Pam Greer as an actress just uh, just for the things that I've seen her in, which yeah. isn't much, so I'm really eager to see her come on Smallville. It'd be like, um, oh gosh, it'd be like uh, so, so, seeing a cult actress that you're very fond of suddenly coming into something that they're completely, you know, not typically in and and wondering what's going to happen it could be really great it could be really cheesy it could be I, I i'm actually eager to see that although i don't know how you could do an amanda waller without uh without you know the, the comic book connotations that they use so mm. Mm, i think it'll be interesting i think uh you know she's obviously a very great a very good actress you know yes uh great in uh especially in a lot of her earlier movies um and uh yeah it was like a a big coup for Smallville to get such a big name actress, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like when they get uh, Margot Kidder, but then that kind of. <laughs> but it's too yeah. bad. Well, uh, yeah. So we wait for Smallville new episode. First one begins January twenty second on the CW, and um, you know there's a lot to look forward to, especially with the Jeff Johns telly movie, Absolute Justice, and uh, and beyond. You know, we don't know yet if there is a season ten. It's looking more and more likely, especially with Warner Brothers having recently purchased more filming space, more buildings for Smallville uh, to shoot on. So uh, that 
you know, a lot of people <laughs> yeah, so are saying, I'm... well, why would they do that unless they were looking to to use that for you know future beyond season half, the second half of season nine. Oh yeah, at this point I'm seeing season 10 as a foregone conclusion, which is kind of scary. But, but I don't know, as long as they're not expanding it so that they can make the Teague lawn bigger so that Pam Greer's legs can be sticking up out of the ground, I'm happy. You know, it could be for flight harnesses for all we know. Who knows? Who knows, exactly. Actually, no, wait, let, here we go. Here's here's what we can do. Merry Christmas, everybody. We'll spread a rumor on the internet. Now, get get this, the extra space is for flight rigs. Now spread it. Tell everybody, and it's not the truth, but tell everybody. It'll be funny. It could be the truth. You don't know. It could be, yeah. And then and then <laughs> seem like profits. <laughs> if it is the truth, you heard it here first. That's right. Absolutely. Credit the Superman homepage. <laughs> we'll put a watermark on it. <laughs> Careful. I know. I know. I gotta be good. All right. <laughs> let's let's move into the comic book uh, talk before you get me into any more trouble. <laughs> Um, there was some big announcements. DC Comics made some huge announcements in regards to 2010 Superman comics. Uh, I think none bigger than the fact that we're going to see a whole or a series of original graphic novels about Superman Earth One. Yes, it looks incredible as an idea. It's confusing why they're doing it now, but yeah. but it's a cool idea. Yeah, well, I mean to I mean let's discuss this whole multiverse thing. Uh, the Earth that we're on is, I'm guessing, called Earth Zero. I mean, it was New Earth at one stage, but I'm guessing it's now referred to as Earth Zero. Is that what you would think? Yeah, you know, I, I remember that this was an issue with the Tangent Universe because they declared that the uh, Earth, uh, the New Earth was Earth One, uh, but then that was rectified as an error. Mm. Um, and so I'm guessing, yeah, they'll, they'll probably go Earth One on this. It's probably going to be their Ultimate Universe or whatever, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. So the the Superman comics, the regular Superman comics, action comics, Superman, uh, Superman, well, sorry, Supergirl. I mean, I don't, Superman, Batman. Now will start to come in line with yeah. uh, the regular Superman comics, but that's Earth Zero. The oh, Super- it is. Okay, see, this I hadn't heard. This is that's, well, that's what that's, I'm that's... guessing. I mean, that's what people are saying. Oh, it's it's originally thought of as New Earth, but I think right. New Earth's the name's kind of gone out the window a little bit. Right. So, Just but, plain Earth. Yeah. yeah, well, plain Earth, I guess, you, yeah, if you want to call it that, Earth. But um, Earth One, the graphic novels that will be written by J. Michael Straczynski, is on a different Earth than the regular yeah. Superman comics. So we just want to make that clear. The the origin that he'll be telling in the Earth One graphic novels will be of a different Superman than the origin that Jeff Johns is telling in Superman's Secret Origin. Yeah, well, here's see, here's the parable of the fans and the way the fans are going to react because I, I I feel like such a hypocrite talking about this series because what happened was like about a year ago you probably remember this I was like I wish they'd just line up continuity I wish they'd either start a new universe from scratch or make an origin that would put everything in line you know and here they've done both and I'm like both at the same time why yeah. <laughs> you know it's like you can't win if you're if you're the writers on the one hand on the other hand um I'm not concerned about it for myself because i can obviously delineate between the two yeah the thing that's making me worried is that i've been getting letters from people um that have been like what i don't i don't understand or like you see in the comments i thought i thought they just defined it you know like there are people who obviously for some reason can't make that delineation yeah and uh, like i've been talking with folks that i know that read green lantern that are like oh what's with this blackest lanterns thing and it's blackest not you know like there's you can't get that differentiation there's a level of cognition 
um, that you have to have of the entire universe that might push people away because they're not as patient to jump into new things as they used to be. Back before the internet, I did, I wasn't phased by the fact that Lex Luthor had long red hair or that Supergirl was protoplasm, but nonetheless, it's like something that people have a harder time bridging now, I guess. Yeah, well, I think that's what we, it needs to be cleared up for people that, yeah, the Earth-1 graphic novels will be a totally separate line to anything else that's going on in the DC universe or in the DC line of titles. Uh, and in for that sake, I think it's a, a great idea because then people can jump on and read these original graphic novels about Superman from Earth-1 without having to know any pre-history um, of you know the, the current DCU continuity. They can go in fresh, uh, clean slate, and start reading those stories, and, and I think that's a great idea. Yeah, if they can if they can pull it off in the way that they pulled off the Ultimate Universe, which was you know back in its time was actually quite remarkable. Now it's kind of been done to death a little bit, but it used to be it, it was a pretty fresh, good way for people to jump onto the mythos, and then it kind of became just as convoluted as a regular universe with continuity. But um, yeah, if they could do that with Superman, it could bring in a whole new generation of readers that could then make the jump into the main books. But or it could just be you know all saw Superman all over again. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, the other big announcement, um, well, one of many, I guess, if you want to look at how many different small announcements there were, uh, War of the Superman is the next uh, event, if you like. It's where the the world of New Krypton um, saga will be headed. Um, obviously, it's the war that everybody thought would happen, I'm guessing, between Earth and New Krypton. So uh, that's uh, an interesting uh, you know, saga to happen there. Yeah, I can't wait. I, I, I think it could be pretty darn interesting. I like the title a lot. People are like, oh, no, that's been done before. Or like, you know, I saw a couple of naysayers in the comments. But isn't that taken, like, from the original short story that started Superman? Like, wasn't it um, War of the Superman? Wasn't that what it's called? I think I remember researching that from my Eagle Moss articles I did for the British publications. Um, like, uh, I, I can't remember if that's a, the, the correct phrase, but it sounds very, very familiar in that respect. I meant to research it, but I haven't yet. Wasn't there, uh, during the death of Superman, when the, the four Supermen came about, what was that? No, no, that was Reign of the Superman. The Reign of the Superman. Yeah, yeah, and then they have. I, 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 they, I think there might have been a homage, uh, homage cover with the Eradicator versus Steel. I can actually Google that right now. But what do you think about the, um, about the the idea of the war? Do you think it's going to be more political intrigue or more action adventure? Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting because I think it'll be a bit of both. I, I guess it depends on the writer uh, who's telling you which particular part of that of that story because. You know, we know that uh, certain writers like to look at the character development and, and you know, each of the characters, how they're uh, reacting to what's going on. And then there are other writers who do much better with all the action sequences. So, you know, I guess we'll get to see all the different facets of the war of the Superman, whatever that may be. And um, so, yeah, it should be very interesting because uh, it's, you know, it, it's it should be... A big event, I think, and I it's, know people are sick of events, but yeah. Well, it takes that inclination, like you know, when we were starting, we were like, "How can a society of people with Superman's powers police themselves?" Yeah, and it show it, it's it it has the potential to show what happens when they go to war, which is you know, like what happened in like just for for an example, my country here when we went to war for World War Two, you know, like civil liberties where it went crazy and people all became very passionate and. And some people forgot their morals, and some people stepped up and found their morals in very strong ways. And it was it was very catastrophic in the society, and mm. yet defining. And it was very it, it'd be neat to see what would happen if we all of a sudden could fly and shoot fire from our eyes. Um, 
I did look up though uh, while we were talking there yep. the um, the thing, and it turns out it would the original story was Reign of the Superman. So I was thinking Reign of the right. Superman. You talk about the original Seagull yeah. story. Yeah, so where it's actually Superman a new was thing. an evil. Yeah, so I was having a brain fart. Uh, War of the Superman, <laughs> I guess, hasn't been uh, no, hasn't no. history that I've that I've heard of. So okay, now I'm guessing this is going to tie in somehow with the Brainiac and the Legion of Superheroes. I, you know, I hope so. I, you know, for some reason, like it seems to be like a mini series that they're offering before the War of the Superman. I'm hoping it's not just Brainiac resurging briefly and then getting stopped before the War of the Superman. I'm happy. I'm hoping it's some kind of. Uh, some kind of organized continuing thing that that maybe fuels the war because Brainiac would certainly want to turn Earth and New Krypton against each other. I mean that sounds very very meta and geeky to say, but if he doesn't do that, it would be out of character. So <laughs> you, you know? think that Brainiac would be wanting to recapture what was stolen from him? Yeah, absolutely. N- not only that, but hey, he's got Earth right there. You know, it's yeah. like and, and Earth has hardly got enough defenses to stop Brainiac unless Superman is out of the question. But then again, you know, if you think about it on the one hand, you've got this whole planet full of Kryptonians and you're wondering why they don't just boom, fly him to him at once and destroy him. But mm, Very interesting. Yeah. So now we've also got the last stand of New Krypton. Yes, yeah, that's, uh, I have no idea what that's going to be about, but that sounds interesting. Yeah, that's down the track a little bit, so uh, it's, uh, it's all happening, and uh, it's, you know, there's a lot to look forward to in 2010 for Superman fans who are reading the comic books, because uh, DC seemed to have a real big plan in place, and that's with Jeff Johns, you know, Greg Rucker, um, James, uh, what's his name, James Robinson, um, now Mark Guggenheim, right? Yeah, Mark Guggenheim yeah. coming on board to to start writing Superman comics in 2010. So uh, big things afoot, and uh, we look forward to Superman comics in 2010 because it, uh, you know, Mark Guggenheim especially has been saying he wants to get after the war, the last stand of New Krypton. Um, he, or, or with the, sorry, the War of the Superman, he really wants to get back to um, you know classic Superman stories. Yeah, it's, this is the first time I, I was thinking about it a lot. You know, I have some issues with James Robinson's writing style. Um, this is the first time in a long time where the continuing story, even if it's not being written in a particular way I like on a given week, is still something that I can stand behind and think is such an interesting concept ongoing that, that, that I don't really care. I like the idea of the place that Superman's in. And even if the, the writers shift around or even if you're taking your hits and your miss, it's kind of like the, uh, the Green Lantern events. It's something where the overall idea is justifying maybe like a bad issue here or a bad issue there, and and the cohesive whole is actually something very memorable. It's it's like the kind of um, organized buildup that the company had coming into Infinite Crisis, where all of the titles seem to be sort of trying to follow the same concept, reaching towards something. It's very nice. Mm. So big things afoot for Superman comics in 2010. We look forward to those, and obviously you'll be seeing the reviews and the articles and everything like that on the Superman homepage with each new issue of the Superman comic books. Now, moving into movie news, uh, there's been one bit of news and one rumor. Uh, the bit of news that's not... We didn't actually report on it on the Superman homepage at all. Uh, Barry mentioned it in his Superman on TV column. Uh, the fact that Brian Singer is returning to the X-Men movie franchise and we're doing uh the next x-men movie um obviously we've probably known for a long time now that he's no longer involved with any ideas for a, a, a next superman movie and i think this probably just confirms it yeah it's uh 
that's pretty much as far as at least uh, if they're going to be moving on Superman in the next year or two, that pretty much puts him off for the most part, right? Yeah, well, and then I guess that begs the question, what does that mean for Brandon Routh? Does that definitely put the nail in the coffin uh, for him returning? It's kind of tough to see, you know, right, like right now. If in the last year they had announced some kind of motion on Superman, I would see, you know, the Ralph Singer Superman as a possibility. But right now, it's been what almost four years now, like three and a half years since the movie came out, and there isn't even pre-production going on. That's so it's right. it seems like it might be a pretty dead concept. Yeah, and you, and you seem to think that new directors usually like to cast the the film themselves rather than take on, uh, especially if it's a reboot. Uh, yeah, take on you know past uh, past actors. So uh, you know, while it doesn't, well, a lot of people were happy with Brandon Routh. Uh, it doesn't look uh, you know too too good for him at this point in time for him to return to the role uh, of Superman for another Superman movie. I wish they'd just get on the stick and do something, even if it's a you know, it, I don't know. It, it just seems to me that they're letting a property go to waste that could really bring them in a lot of. Uh... A lot of uh, cashola. Um, you know, I'll bet you with the restructuring of DC, we might see some motion on that in the next couple of months. Who knows? Well, talking about trying to do something with the property, uh, there's a rumor going around, and I'm of the opinion that this is probably a fake rumor. But there are people saying, or the rumor went around, that Taylor Swift... Oh, oh, Steve, Steve, wait. No, I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to let you finish, but I think Helen Slater was a great Supergirl. Yeah, and Beyonce should probably play her in the next movie. Yeah, there you go, Beyonce. <laughs> that's right. No, Beyonce was a really great Supergirl. Anyway, sorry, carry on. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, now, uh, yeah, Taylor Swift uh, being touted as the best choice or the the top choice to play Supergirl in another remake or uh, just a total new Supergirl movie. Now, yeah. Taylor Swift has only done, I think, maybe one film to her name. And a few, you know, TV roles, but um, she was guest host on, on one of those talk shows. And you know, I, it sounds like somebody just trying to put her name in the in the limelight to me. Yeah, I don't know. I I I, I can see how people are, would see her kind of looking as Supergirl. I don't know. I, I wouldn't peg her so much that myself. But yeah, uh, I mean, she's got the look. Okay, she's blonde hair. She's beautiful. You know, uh, can she act? I don't know. But um, you know, if I. I it just seems to me that someone said, "Well, look, you know, who who can we, you know, put up this this time around? Who, who's whose name can we start spreading a rumor about? You know, there was an unnamed source had some quote that's been, you know, we've all been reporting on. But you know, whenever there's an unnamed source, it seems highly unlikely." Yeah, I don't. I like. Uh, I don't know who you'd pick for Supergirl, but I always like look at it like, why are we? Even considering a super, it's not that I don't like Supergirl. I love Supergirl. It's like, why are we even considering a Supergirl movie when there's no Wonder Woman movie? Yeah, it's like yeah. if we're gonna talk about the the positive female role model in the DC universe. You know, um, I, I I would lean towards doing a Wonder Woman movie. She probably has more recognition. But oh, then again, yeah, they've yeah. had a Supergirl movie and they haven't had a Wonder Woman movie yet. So sure, who knows? Sure. But who would you pick for a Supergirl? You know, I have no idea. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even know where to begin trying to look at casting. I mean, it's not something that I'd have thought about. And obviously it's something that, uh, you know, pe- people are very passionate about. Um, I would, again, not consider putting a Superman, sorry, a Supergirl movie before a Wonder Woman movie or even before a Superman movie. You know, if you're going to touch the, the, the Super franchise, I think you should go back to Superman before you worry about bringing Supergirl in. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure there are a lot of great blonde actresses out there who could play the role I just Beyonce. Nobody, comes to... <laughs> <laughs> nobody comes to mind at the moment 
<laughs> Do you have anybody oh. in mind? No, not really. I was just trying to think because, you know, like Supergirl is kind of a – I always – maybe I'm crazy, but I always picture Supergirl as a 15-year-old girl. I know a lot of people see her as a fully mature kind of woman, and I, I always see her as like like almost um, a Teen Titans-style um, character in terms okay. of maturity, and yet she's often elevated to the level of Superman's responsibility. Um, so it's kind of a tough pick, you know? Yeah, you, yeah that you, could work. That could work if we you know, chose a – a young teenage actor who, you know, either a known actor or an unknown actor. But, yeah, look at that from a teenage point of view. That could that could yeah, be a, a good angle to go with. Yeah, well, if I were if I were ever um, to, you know, get the opportunity to look at Supergirl as, as a character, I would seek to find, like, a, a youth who's extraordinarily burdened with trying to do the right thing on a constant level. But that's the same character archetype of, of Superboy. Yeah. Um, so I can't even think of an actor who would begin to fill her shoes because of the fact that it would have to be a very young person. Hmm. Well, that's uh, interesting. And, again, we don't know if there's a Supergirl movie being made. We don't know that Taylor Swift has been even considered if there has been a Supergirl movie, you know, put before Warner Brothers, but um, it's a rumour, take it with a grain of salt as always, but, uh, you know, I wouldn't even waste salt on this one. Yeah. All right, well, that's uh, that's our discussion topics. Um, before we move on to the big question segment of the show, uh, this is the last Radio KAL for 2009. Um, obviously, you know, it's December issue, and it's also... Well, depending on whether, what you think about the whether you think the decade ends with 2010, uh, which a lot of people obviously technically do, from 2000 to 2009 is two year, is ten years, and uh, looking back at the that ten years that decade, um, what's been your highlight for Superman? For Superman, you yeah. know. I think the movie, the build up to the movie, whether you like the movie or not, was really fun in the sense yeah. that. The, the the site was inundated with a lot of people and you dealt with a lot of crazies, but you also dealt with a lot of people who were very passionate about Superman in a way that they hadn't been in some time. It was like when the Star Wars movies came out, being a Star Wars fan again. Um there I, I, I liked the um obviously the Rucka run. Um I think when Loeb was doing his thing, that was you know, I I, I like um that that was a a lot of the fans seemed to unite around that a lot and um I've liked Infinite Crisis and and the uh, one year later Superman that's come out of Jeff Johns. Um, Smallville is undoubtedly going to be this decade in our minds for Superman for most people. Um, that's and, and as much as I've been critical of it, it, it has defined a lot of what Superman is for a generation. Um, so I think that that's a really big highlight. Um, I think that Superman kind of. Um, has has not taken a big bold jump forward like he probably should have, um, because he seems to be lagging behind Batman in terms of like the way that that Batman seems to get a lot of media attention. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, yeah. But on the other hand, that means that it's kind of nice to be a Superman fan because you don't have to deal with people who are as fanatical as Batman fans, and you get to enjoy the character for what he is, and maybe more risks can be take, taken with the character. Sometimes that falls on its face, like when you give him a kid, at least for some people. And sometimes it's really, really great, like when you get, uh, say, I don't know, uh, Smallville when it's great. Uh, Smallville when it had Christopher Reeve on, for example, so it was it was an example. And, and though we lost Christopher Reeve, this decade still gives us um, him back on screen again in a very prominent way associated with the Superman mythos in a way that nobody will forget. Definitely. 
Yeah, well, for me, I think, yes, yeah, Superman Returns. And the ride that came before that was just a, a roller coaster ride for us on the site. Uh, it was definitely a, a time to be a Superman fan because everything was in the, the media spotlight, was on the, on the Man of Steel. Um, yeah, okay, the movie didn't do exactly what everybody was hoping it would do, but uh, it still brought Superman into the limelight. Uh, Smallville, definitely. I mean, yeah, you can't go past Smallville for the highlight of this past decade. It started in 2001, and it's still going strong, 2009. So how can you, how can you go past Smallville as a, a highlight? Uh, the comics have been up and down. Yes, the, the Jeff Loeb, the Rucker run, uh, Jeff Johns, uh, all great runs there. Um, and uh, the DVDs, the direct-to-DVD movies, the animated films, Superman, Batman, Justice League, Final uh, New Frontier, and uh, Superman, Batman, Public Enemies, they, those direct-to-DVD animated films have been nothing but, uh, but a joy to watch and uh, a great way to keep Superman on the screen. Uh, not necessarily on the big screen, but definitely on the small screen. So, uh, and, the, and the screens aren't that small this, this, in this day and age. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> yeah, you can't forget. Uh, also, I would have forgotten. I just remembered uh, the JLA cartoon. Yes, Justice League, uh, Justice League Unlimited. Uh, we've had a lot of cartoons. You know, we've had the crypto cartoons. We've had Legion of Superheroes. Um, and and what, what about this decade for DVD releases? I mean, we've had you know the Superboy series or the first season. We've had the Adventures of Superman 1950s series. We've had, you know, the 13, 14 disc release, uh, the Ultimate uh, box set. Oh, yes. Um, we've had, uh, you know, the Fleischer cartoons re-released. We've had the Ruby Spears finally, the cartoons finally released. All the Super Friends cartoons. So this decade has been fantastic for DVD releases. Yeah, pretty much everything Superman except for the uh, the Bob Holiday special, right? Well, the Bob Holiday uh Broadway musical is actually never filmed, unfortunately, yeah. so that will, that will never get uh, released to DVD. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just been a, a fantastic uh, decade for Superman on DVD, and uh, we can't forget that uh, you and I got to meet in person in uh, yeah. 2008 at the Superman oh, celebration. Yeah. So that's it was that was a blast. We gotta we gotta do that again. I'm I'm hoping I get to the point where I sell something here pretty soon, and then we can. We, I, I'm gonna try and uh, get in a boat and start swimming to Australia at some point. You've been bored. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move into the big question segment of the show. Let's start with the big question. Hey. All right. What do we got this month? Well, first, before we do that, let's look at last month, where, uh, yeah. where the question was, what's the one thing you like and the one thing you hate about Smallville? Now, uh, we've got a, uh, one audio response, uh, which we've been getting one nearly every month for the last few months now. And this time, Guthrie McLean sent in an MP3 audio answer to this question. Let's see what he had to say. Hey, Stephen Neal. This is Guthrie. Thanks for having me. Now, I was originally going to write this but I couldn't fit all of my thoughts into 500 letters, so I will just say it here and try and keep it brief. So far, what I have loved about Smallville Season 9 is Zod. It looks like that could build up to something really exciting in the finale. My only fear is that they might screw that up, like they did last season with Doomsday, because that story arc was going well for a while until it came up to the finale, and all hope was lost for Doomsday. It was pointless. So a word of advice to PSW... Don't screw Zod up. Keep up the good work. And aside from that, what I have hated about this season so far is Clark's suit, because I find it completely 
unnecessary to ever have Clark wear a suit since that was always against the show's policy, no tights, no flights. It feels like a lot of chances have been taken away because of that. The whole series was made to give the audience some anticipation for Clark to, you know, wear the suit and become Superman. That's why they never let him wear tights before, and it was much better that way. So long live the red jacket and blue t-shirt. Have a great Christmas. Well, there you go. There's Guthrie uh, loving Zod, um, but uh, disliking Clark's trench coat costume. So uh, who we got next? Well, we got Rich wrote, uh, the two things I like and dislike about season nine is that I love Clovis, and two, I hate how they won't bring Kara back. Laura Vandervert deserved better than what Smallville did to her. Yeah, well, actually, a lot of people weren't happy that Supergirl came into the show, but uh, there were quite a few who weren't happy with the way she was taken out of the show. So uh, thanks, Rich, for your comments there. Now, Calvin Bowes wrote, What I like about the season of Smallville so far is they are bringing a lot of DC heroes to the screen and realizing them well and faithfully. What I hate and have been hating for so long, it's still a Superman show with no Superman. Come on, guys, you've been on the air for almost 10 years and we still have no Superman. Please just give us the one thing we want, then so... Then go away. This has been frustrating me since season four. Huh. I understand. (laughs) John wrote, The one thing I hate about Smallville is this whole clone thing and the kryptonite being around before the planet is destroyed and using the wrong color kryptonite blue instead of gold for taking away Kryptonian's powers. Mm -hmm. That's three things. (laughs) (laughs) But good things. Fair things. The one thing I love about Smallville is that is all the heroes on the show look look or look pretty close to the way they look in the comics, costumes and all, including three members of the JSA. Even with that, plus I'm still sorry they can't have Superman looking like Superman. I don't know if you noticed, Steve, but they had a preview for... uh, Green Arrow, where now on a cover he actually looks like the Smallville Green yeah, Arrow. in the comic books, so that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. All right, Mario Lopez wrote, One thing I love about Smallville Season 9, Caelan Blue as Zod. He's such a fantastic actor, and it seems like he was born for this role, and the writers are doing such a fantastic job with his character. One thing I hate about Smallville Season 9, Chloe. It's as if the character seems out of place this season. I'm a huge Chloe fan, but I'm hoping she has more interesting roles in the second half of the season. I believe this is Allison's last season, so let's hope she goes out the right way. Yeah, it's like they've almost kind of, um, they, they, they glossed over the fact that she killed somebody. <laughs> I mean, or it was an accessory to murder, I guess would be a better way to put it. But. Yeah, with that, uh, the whole uh, doomsday thing. So, yeah, yeah, it's disappointed Chloe fans there. So, thank you everybody for your responses to last month's big question. What's our new big question, Neil? Well, we get, uh, what has been the best Superman moment for you over the last 10 years, 2000 to 2009? Yeah, so similar to what Neil and I were talking about earlier in our discussions, what is your highlight for Superman for the, from the past 10 years? It can be in the comics, TV, movies, whatever. Uh, let us know by clicking on the big question button found at the Superman homepage. You can send your text answer in, and Neil and I will read them out in our next podcast. Or you can do like Guthrie McLean did and send in an MP3 audio answer to the big question segment. Laura fights natural disasters. Landslide. I see it. And learns more about her parents' lives. Steel and Steel. Hi, Natasha. It's Captain Sawyer. I'm here to see your uncle. Steel and Steel? Sure thing, Captain. I'll buzz you in. And just when things get rough... I just wanted to check in and see how Riot was doing. We've got a lot on our plate right now. We haven't really had a chance to examine the possibilities of reversing his condition. I understand that, but Freddy is suffering. 
I made him a promise. I took the liberty of calling in a friend. I am the director of this facility. I will decide what we do and do not need. The situation goes from bad to worse. Ow! My hearing tube! It's Silver Banshee! The never-ending battle continues in Superman, The Last Son of Krypton, Issue 60, on December 30th, 2009. Only at PendantAudio.com. All Kara wants to do is hit the books. I am trying to study here! If you want to study so bad, why are you busy yelling at me instead? But the rest of Metropolis has other plans. Fire trucks are on their way, but it appears the local streets are blocked by walls of flame. Shouldn't you be worried about the uh, tank over there? Now, you know what? Never mind. It's fine. Those boys can outrun, you know, the giant impending explosion. Ah, damn it. Well, quit it. She's already got a nemesis. Oh, really? Yeah, me. You? Police? I mean, what is your superpower, costume man? The point is, I was here first. Kara, I've never seen you like this before. Are you sure you're all right? I'm fine, and I really need to get back to my books now. Don't miss the next episode of Supergirl, Lost Daughter of Krypton, coming December 30th at PendantAudio.com. Bailey's Bookshelf. Go, Bailey! Yes, Michael Bailey returns with another trade paperback review. Let's hear what Michael has has for us this month. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Bailey's Bookshelf, the segment here on Radio KAL, where I walk over to the bookcase, pick out a trader hardcover to discuss, and tell you why it's of interest to you. This month, I'm going to kind of follow up the one that I had from last month, where I discussed Superman from the 30s to the 70s, to discuss the sequel of sorts to that book, Superman from the 30s to the 80s. This was published in 1983 by Crown Publishing and has a couple significant differences from its predecessor. Uh, Instead of a dedication by Carmine Infantino like the first book had, this has a foreword by then-president and publisher Jeanette Kahn, which is a little more significant than the dedication that Carmine Infantino left. There is also the introduction by E. Nelson Bridwell. I mentioned last time that Bridwell is was something of the Superman expert, which is kind of an understatement. And here he kind of expands upon his introduction to include some of the elements that were introduced later in the 70s, and of course the most significant development of Superman in the 70s, which was Superman the movie. Uh, I kind of liked the differences between the two. It added to it, and I guess to a kid picking up this book in 83 that would have given him the whole story the comics reprinted therein are are kind of different too Uh, they both have Superman Champion of the Oppressed parts 1 and 2 that were originally presented in Action Comics number 1 and 2 and Superman number 1 and 2 there's also the Challenge of Luther the Ducalia Spy Ring the Beasts of Luther the attack of the archer, but the Superman from the 30s to the 80s does not include the saboteurs from Napcan, uh, but they do both include How Clark Kent Met Lois Lane, 
Man or Superman, Case of the Funny Paper Crimes, Superman Matinee Idol, America's Secret Weapon, The Mysterious Mr. Mixia's Pitalik, Lois Lane Superwoman, but Superman from the 30s to the 80s does not include the origin of Superman. Instead, it includes The Battle of the Atoms, which was originally presented in Superman number 38, which had a cover date of January-February 1946. The differences continue uh, between the two books mainly because instead of having a separate section for the 50s and 60s, Superman from the 30s to the 80s just had Superman in the 1950s and 1960s. Uh, Black Magic on Mars is there, uh, but the mightiest team in the world, the first quote-unquote official team-up between Superman and Batman, is not included in the 80s edition, though the terrible trio and the girl in Superman's past. Now, here is where the divergence really happens, because instead of having the untold story of Red Kryptonite, the son of Bizarro, Superman meets Al Capone, Bizarro meets Frankenstein, and Superboy's first public appearance... Superman from the 30s to the 80s has the Supergirl from Krypton, which was the first appearance of Supergirl from Action Comics number 252 from May 1959. It also has the Super Duel in Space, which was originally presented in Action Comics number 242, and that's the first appearance of Brainiac. It also has the very classic How Luther Met Superboy from Adventure Comics number 271, April 1960. And the classic, I keep saying classic, but they're all classics, uh, the classic The Showdown between Luther and Superman from Superman number 164 from October 1963. The 1970s section is kind of different as well. It leads off, instead of the Pied Piper of Steel, it leads off with the origin of Superman, all in full color, which was originally presented in the Amazing World of Superman Metropolis Edition 1973. It does include the Pied Piper of Steel and Superman You're Dead, 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 but Superman Breaks Loose from Superman number 233 and Duel of Doom from Action Comics number 400 are not in the 80s edition. And of course, the the big, big difference is that it does have an 80s section. It's two comics long, but of course, because the first one was stopped at 1971, there was absolutely no way it could have an 80s section. And the two books printed here, and I love these, these stories. These are two issues of Action Comics, uh, numbers 507 and 508, from May and June of 1980. And the story titles are The Miraculous Return of Jonathan Kent and The Secret World of Jonathan Kent. This was a Carrie Bates story that was kind of significant because it had Jonathan Kent coming to the the present as if he had never died and getting to see what his son was like. There were some aliens involved. I'm not going to really go into it any more beyond that. But I think these are great stories. They have two great covers as well uh, that I think are reprinted in this title. Uh, I don't have the book right in front of me right now, so it's in the other room. And I'm trying to get this one out because the holidays are approaching. So I hope you'll forgive me on that. But that is it for this month. Superman from the 30s to the 80s. Again, not something that you can track down easily. It, uh, you know, I found it on eBay by chance. Uh, I have a library edition 
actually. It still has the little Dewey Decimal System mark on the spine and 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 the stamps on the inside. Uh, it, it's it's a smaller book than the original too. It's a little square squarer, if that's even a word. It's a little squarer and a little shorter, but it has a, a beautiful cover uh, that I believe is by Jose Luis Garcia Lopez with a bunch of different Superman covers behind Superman. And uh, I recommend it if you can find it. If you want to track it down, go ahead because the books reprinted in here are a little more classic than Superman from the 30s to the 70s. As much as I love that book, and as much as I have an emotional connection to that book, uh, this one this one has a few better stories in it, especially in the 50s and 60s. And that is it for this month. I want to wish everyone a very happy holiday and a very happy new year. Bailey's Bookshelf will continue into 2010, and I hope to see you all there. And now, back to Stephen Neal. Thank you, Michael. Super secret soundbite. Well, well, how did it uh, go this month? Well, like this month we had eight people who guessed correctly that last month's sound came from the Smallville Season 5 episode titled Reckoning, and those eight people were Brian Lee, Nelda Mormon, Stephen Holmes, Sammy J. Maynard II, Romeo McLean, Justin Boyd, Ismael Perez, and Mario Lopez. Congrats, guys. Yes, well done to those eight people. Now let's see if we can get more people guessing which episode of Smallville this sound came from. No more crystals or spaceships nor meteor showers. So if you think you know which episode of Smallville that sound comes from, use the super secret soundbite entry form found at the Superman homepage and send your entry in. Each person who guesses it right will have their name read out in the next Radio KAL podcast. Superman song. Now, let's see. This month, uh, we have a song from 1960, I believe. Hey, so that's more than five years ago, at least. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, here we have Superman. The song is titled Superman by the Brothers Four, who you can uh, look look into. They're still around uh, all these years later. The Brothers Four uh, are, have their own website at brothers4.com. So let's hear their song, Superman. Tell us story. I know his story, eh? About a little fellow named Rodriguez Gonzalez, a little Swiss fellow. Swiss. See, that way we don't offend nobody. Little Rodriguez used to work for his mother and father near the Mexican border in a big giant towel stand they used to run there. A towel stand, senor? See, not a taco stand? See, towels, not tacos. They made a very good business, senor. You see, they used to dry off wet backs as they came across the line. But little Rodriguez loved most of all to read the comic books that the towels always came back to, eh? Which is a pretty sneaky way of getting to the subject of this song. Which is comic books, not towels. And little Rodriguez used to love to sing about his favorite comic book character, eh? Sing about it, Rod. Superman. 
Superman, Superman. Apártenlo, güey, señor. Pizza madre, que lo burras pa' que vea Man, Paint me up in crazy color so I look like Superman. Easy taper. No, no, no. Easy taper. No, no, no. It is Superman. Pinta male que lo respa que me llama Superman. Pinta male que lo respa que me llama Superman. Well, that's the show for another month. And another year. Oh, oh another five years. Hey. Yes, five years down the track. Episode 60 is done and dusted. Uh, remember, if you've got a, a topic that you'd like Neil and I to discuss, uh, maybe there's a song you'd like us to play, perhaps there's a big question that you have as a suggestion, maybe you'd like to talk to Michael Bailey about what he can review in next month's podcast. All these ideas can be sent to us using the feedback form found at the Superman homepage, and we'll endeavour to use those suggestions in a future podcast. But that's the show for this month and this year. Uh, before I let Neil do his new magical sign-off, I'd like to uh, <laughs> wish you all a super new year. Yes, and uh, as uh, Taylor Swift once said, caveat emptor. You've been listening to Radio KAL from supermanhomepage.com. Oh, wait, Steve, I'm going to let you finish. <laughs>